Hello there, happy Friday, it's Chappie, your British butler. It's Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, episode number 94. It's, it's marvellous to be with you lovely people. I feel a little bit of grief today though, because uh, here in the uh, western part of the United States, we didn't get to see that wonderful sort of partial eclipse. I mean, it was... Uh, the crescent, almost the crescent moon and the crescent sun coming together in some sort of uh, crescent roll fireball, basically. I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but I, I do get very jealous. I get uh, I get sort of uh, FOMO when I don't see the uh, when I don't see the, the the eclipse. I saw the one in 2017, but uh, you know I haven't seen the one uh, recently. I mean that's the one I really wanted to see. Uh, I think there's meant to be another one this year as well. Another total eclipse. The total eclipse of the heart, darlings. Uh, and I believe that's coming up uh, in the next in the next few months as well. So that's something to look forward to. So I'm a little bit groggy, a little bit uh, a little sleepy. Um, you know, I'm not bright-eyed, and the tail isn't bushy at the moment. But you know, let's hope the tail become bushier through the course of the show that's always there's always hopeful you can always brush it up get that plumage uh, plumage up uh, and then have a, a you know, fairly bushy uh, prominent tail by the end of the program I mean that's what everybody hopes for I would say um, not always the case though I mean we we, we couldn't hope and pray that uh, that the tail will be bushy and fluffy by the end of the show uh, so I woke up rather suddenly, rather suddenly this morning um, after a pretty nasty dream. I, I do have these sort of recurring dreams. And again, it's probably watching too many uh, British detective shows. Uh, that's part of the issue. Um, but today uh, I woke up um, and I have these recurring dreams where I get uh, killed in a rather dastardly fashion. Uh, similar to uh, people who get killed on Midsummer Murders. But, I mean, some of the Midsummer Murder ones that I've had, I mean, I've been crushed by a huge, giant uh, wheel, wagon, ball of cheese. Um, I don't know if you've seen them before. These industrial-sized cheeses uh, that are almost uh, similar to the uh, Indiana Jones situation, uh, which, you know, where he's nearly crushed going for a tunnel. But that's a rock, that's a boulder. Uh, in my case, in my dream, it's um, actually a big ball of cheese. Uh, not, not sort of an edam, something a little bit more mature, maybe wax-coated. I mean, I, everybody knows my obsession with the whole wax-coated cheese thing. I mean, I've gone on about that on uh, podcasts previously. Uh, but, but today, I think because I was hoping to watch cricket, I mean, I'm, I'm one of these fools that, I said this before, that gets up very early to, to watch cricket, English cricket, uh, test match cricket. And um, today I, I woke up <clears throat> with a pounding head, not pounding, but pounding head. Um, and it was uh, the feeling of being hit a thousand times by a cricket ball machine. That was the dream. That was the essence of the dream where... I was uh, I was basically barraged, pummeled by uh, red leather cricket balls for I don't know. It seemed like an absolute aeon. It seemed like uh, the uh, 
all the sands of time had come together and um, that's how long it seemed to me that I was being hit by this cricket ball machine. And that is actually an episode of Midsummer Murders where somebody gets killed by being pummeled by cricket balls. But there we go. Uh, dreams become reality in this, in this sense, I suppose. But I'm feeling fine now. I have my cup of brew. I have my cup of Charlie. Um, and uh, that's making things a lot better. Uh, but welcome along to the program. It's, uh, it's lovely to have you here. Uh, again, I'm trying to record this show a little bit early on a Friday because it's steaming hot. I mean, I could probably sear myself on the pavement. You know, one side, sear the other, maybe coat myself a little bit of butter, and I'll be, uh, I'll be a delicious piece of meat. So I hope you're easing into your day. As I said, I eased into my day, no snooze alarm, uh, but with uh, a thousand cricket balls hitting me in my dream. Uh, and that, you know, that's one way to wake up. Um, but I don't know if uh, being sort of hit into the head with cricket balls probably is... Uh, I mean, still, I remember the first time I was hit with a cricket ball in the ghoulies, in the goulash, in the goonies, uh, in the crown jewels. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I felt pain like it. I mean, that sort of pain is the throwing up pain where immediately you vomit in your mouth not just a little bit and um you need to ice you need to uh lay back and think of england and forget that it ever even happened because it really is one of the is one of the nastiest uh, situations ever when you get uh, when you get that feeling and it's sort of wrenching and it's right to the back of your stomach it really is it is really one of the worst feelings so i hope you're gently a slow drum roll into the day for you so today on the program uh fence sniffing something that i found that i've started doing the power of rhubarb the day the turmeric fell uh the uh blunderbuss gun um also uh female dogs you know like Ladies, they, there's something that they don't like men doing. Um, I mean, it's 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 a fun-packed uh, rafter, packed to the rafter type of show today, and um, more tales from the old caravan site in Oldie, England. Uh, and also, I mean, we've got the the situation where the uh, the five G isn't really cutting the mustard. And we're not talking like a pretty uh, weak, insipid uh, Yankee mustard. We're talking a fiery English mustard. It's not hitting that mustard. Um, it's 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 pretty. It's pretty poor. Um, in the in the days when you thought you uh, you know you wouldn't have signal issues anymore, where you wouldn't have um, it wouldn't it wouldn't remind you of those days where you um, hear the uh, you know the squeaky sound as the dial-up tries to connect is almost going back to those days again you know and uh, i found this recently with the with these power cuts that i've been getting uh, of late uh where the hamsters haven't quite been uh, going around in the wheel fast enough it seems and uh and i'm not getting any 5g once once that once that power goes out 
you know, I'm not getting any any sort of 5G or anything. I might as well get the cup with a piece of string, and that would be that's as good as it gets for me when it comes to uh, cellular phone coverage. Uh, also, um, something that I wanted to research a little bit: sea snot, the uh, smell of bad coffee. Uh, this whole Instagram, um, I mean, it's a huge trend with uh, people posting things on Instagram. It's their uh, brighter, better life. It's keeping up with the Joneses and everything else. I think we talked about a little bit about this before. Uh, but the, the whole Instagram craze, it's, it's, it's a sort of whole FOMO thing going on. Um, I have a little tongue twister for you to practice. Maybe in the course of the weekend, if you're incredibly bored. Um... Uh, again, we have this whole social dilemma, subliminal messages from uh, from the AI world. The AILs have been out again, but they've uh, they've actually been um, this time. It's they're suggesting TV shows that I may like, which I don't know if I agree with them on this particular one. Um, but uh, Miner digs deep for engagement diamond and finds treasure in Arkansas. Uh, the loneliest African elephant finds comfort with a heavy logger. Um, also, uh, we have some trumple trombone coming along the way. That's sliding into the show uh, a little bit later. Uh, over the course of the next couple of shows, we have a show today, a show tomorrow. Uh, we may have enigmatic English eccentric habits, historical Tinder, where we take one of the most reviled uh, historical figures and probably sort of swipe left or right on them for an eternity um crocs may be being re-evaluated as a fashion icon rather than fashion faux pas uh this time of year i really have a, a penchant for uh, eaten mess the meringue dish absolutely de- delicious we're going to be talking maybe hammocks as well hammocks uh as something that you know i i feel i feel very uh nostalgic about i think i think it i think it sounds like a wonderful thing to have um but i don't know how practical they are i mean do you need do i need for a hammock do i need a sturdy english oak maybe 500 years old with 500 rings around it that probably has uh the strength of several steel girders to hold up uh, my body mass on a hammock that's my concern about a hammock but I have the same thing with a deck chair. I, you know, I do break deck chairs. And I'm wondering if I'd break a hammock. And if I did, would it uproot the tree? Would it come knocking into the house as well? Yes, that could be a problem. Something I saw on Epicurious, the uh, food website. This looks like uh, the nectar of gods, butamoshi. Butamoshi. Um, looking at that, maybe the recipe as well. Uh, we have a Victorian education and etiquette as well. Does tea cool you down and um you know why not introduce something into your life a knotted handkerchief on the head forget hats get your handkerchief a clean one obviously and start knotting it and putting it on your head to uh, save you from the uh, rays of the sun the dastardly heat of the sun with a simple knotted handkerchief to keep you cool so before air conditioning some of our forebearers, our grandparents, had some great tips uh, to keep houses cool before air conditioning was commonplace. And I mean, this is something that you need to think about in England. I mean, my grandparents had these draft excluders 
at least snakes that they used to put down uh, on the floor across the doors because the houses had built-in air conditioning. They were so drafty, they, uh, they, weren't, they didn't have the insulation that you have in houses nowadays. And in the, in the summertime, there's a couple of rooms in the house that would be pretty cool. But also, other things that people used to do before the air conditioning is they used window coverings to block the sun. Uh, you can help your home stay warmer in the winter, cool in the summer by opening and closing shades, curtains, according to the sun patterns. Ancestors were mindful of the sun's movements. I mean, some of them had huge sundials on their wrists and they could tell the time with a huge pterodactyl sundial on their wrist. That's what used to happen. Um, but they, you know, people keep the shades, curtains closed to block out the, the uh, heat in summer and uh, outdoor window warnings are another way. Our ancestors shield their homes from the hot sun. Uh, they built homes with high ceilings. That often keeps things cooler as well. They encourage cross ventilation. I mean, my parents still do that now. They have the doors open and the windows open all across the house and get the breeze going around. They add coolness to the air. Hang wet sheets in front of your open window. As the breeze hit the sheets, it provides a nice cool effect to your home. And your laundry will dry, uh, you know, and energy free as well. It's so that they were green before their time. They cooled off with water. Wow. What a, what a, <laughs> what a revelation. They, uh, they created the same effect by placing ice in the icebox or basement in front of the window. Um, almost like a, like a old-fashioned swamp cooler. Um, but they, uh, they decided soaking a knotted handkerchief or bandana, wringing it out and wrapping it around the neck or putting it on the head. That was a wonderful way to, uh, to, uh, to keep cool. Skip the hair drying. You know, don't blow dry your hair. Leave it wet. It keeps you cool. They used reflective roofing as well. And here's another one. Wow, they slept outside. Sleeping outside. I don't know if I would like to sleep. There's a couple of, you know, there's a few too many coyotes around here for me to sleep outside. I think I might become uh, maybe a fairly, a, you know, a fairly large uh, full English breakfast for a coyote if I did sleep outside. Um, I mean, these are these are genius terms here. Um, they ate smaller meals. They altered their schedule. They wore natural fiber, loose-fitting clothing in lighter colors. The wonders of linen, ladies and mantelpieces. Um, but the, my favorite, I think, is I think that I think putting the the uh, the whole bucket of ice in front of the uh, an old-fashioned fan. And I love the idea of the knotted uh, handkerchief on the head here, the wetted knotted handkerchief on the head, to keep you cool as the mercury soars. So we all have nostalgic smells that we remember from our childhood. That sort of meaty, wafty smell going around the house. You know, that, you know the smell of roast beef. Father sweating out pure suet. I mean, that, that was a smell of childhood that, uh, that, that, that I, I remember. Um, old-fashioned aftershaves, colognes, perfumes. Um, I did have a co-worker uh, many years ago in, in, in Butler training camp who, um, you know, he was a gentleman probably about 10 years older than me, but he used to wear very, um, very old, old cologne aftershave. Like an old spice or a brute, 
but it reminded me uh, of what my uh, grandfather Wallace used to wear. Now, he, I mean, he he was certainly a, from an, uh, another gener- golden generation, but this, uh, this gentleman I worked with was a younger fella, and I hadn't smelled that aftershave since my grandfather, since my grandfather wore it. So, and he, he died in the late 90s. And I remember one time when I was walking around the wilds of New Mexico uh, with my uh, trusty hound, George. And um, I smelled this very, um, it's a very pungent, um, pungent but light, if that's, if that, you know, that's probably a contradiction in terms. Um, but it was a very floral, fragrant uh, type of smell, a lavender smell that my grandmother used to wear. And I hadn't smelt that in, I don't know, 20, 25 years maybe. And the smell takes you right back. But something else that I found is people seem to be coating their fences with this, uh, almost this type of creosote. I don't think it's a tarmacadam, but it's a creosote type of, uh, type of uh, product to, uh, I, I guess, protect the fence, the wooden fence. But you know what? That smell of creosote, I don't know if it is creosote, but I don't think they can have that anymore. But anyway, somebody must have had an old uh, classic vintage can of creosote, and they painted this fence. Now, I had to stick my honker right next to that fence. When I'm talking about my honker, my nose. I mean, you don't, put anything. You don't want to put anything that might burn that creosote I imagine would burn quite nasty especially when it's super hot I mean it's uh, that, that, that stuff could conduct heat like no other but I put my snout next to the fence and it took me right back to maybe 1984 or 5 that smell of creosote that my father used to coat the fence with and coat the shed his old shed that he used to uh, you know take a flask of tea in he had a couple of buttery crumpets you know that that's where he used to spend a lot of his time potting you know, in in the potting shed. I mean, he was like Percy Grower. He was in the potting shed, uh, in and, and you know he used to coat this fence with the smell of creosote. Now, it's probably incredibly bad for you sniffing creosote, and I wouldn't recommend smelling it. I mean, it's it's probably as bad as over time as smell, smelling glue, and that's probably maybe why I've lost a lot of brain cells over the years from uh, from sniffing but i had to one last time get the old snout get the cyrano de bergerac snout right next to the fence and give a nice good old whiff a good old sniff of that age old nostalgic smell of creosote so in bygone days people used to drink tea to cool them down now this is something that my grandparents probably uh told me and you know, it, it, similar to an old wives' tale. But, you know, they've been drinking tea in uh, English climes or English uh, parts of foreign climes for years and years. But does tea cool you down in hot weather? The age-old debate possibly is settled. Rumours have long abounded that hot drinks like tea can help you uh, cool down in spells of hot weather. So is there any science to back it up? So tea enthusiasts like to boast about the supposed health benefits of their beloved hot drink. It has been claimed that tea is full of antioxidants 
and it can prevent some health issues. Uh, many have also uh, claimed sipping tea can help cool people down during a period of hot weather, but scientists have investigated whether this is actually the case. So on a scorching day, many may crave an icy cold drink rather than a hot cup of tea, but some advocating hot drinks as a solution in sweaty weather, some may find themselves putting the kettle on. But is there any science justifying the claim that cold drinks can indeed cool you down in hot weather? Well, scientifically speaking, there is not an easy yes or no answer to this question. In 2012, researchers at the University of Ottawa... Now, why are they going to Canada to... You know, they need to do, take this to Oxford University. They need to take this... Forget taking down pictures of the Queen, Magdalen College... You, you need to start doing a bit of tea research here. So, you know, sit outside with your knotted tighty whities on and get to work on whether or not tea cools you down in the summer. Come on, Oxford. Come on, Cambridge. Speaking to the Smithsonian Magazine, Dr. Ollie J, one of the authors of the study, if you drink a hot drink, it does result in lower amount of heat stored inside your body, provided the additional sweat that's produced when you drink hot drink can evaporate. Therefore, the reason someone may cool down when they consume a hot beverage uh, is that they actually sweat more. When the sweat evaporates, it works to cool the person down. Now, this is the worrying thing for me because I, I don't really want to start sweating into my tea. I mean, it might affect the tannins in the tea. You know, a little bit of salt in there. And I do, I do sweat like a, a faucet being turned on sometimes. Dr. J said, what we have found that when you ingest a hot drink, you actually have a disproportionate amount increase in the amount of sweat. Yes, the hot drink is hotter than your body temperature, so you're adding heat to the body. But the amount that you increase your sweating by, if you can all evaporate, more than compensates for the added heat to the body from the fluid. However, the circumstances have to be right for somebody to cool down after they drink a hot drink. So in a humid heat, the sweat cannot evaporate from the skin surface. On a very hot, humid day, if you're wearing a lot of clothing or if you're having so much sweat that it starts to drip on the ground and doesn't evaporate, God, this sounds attractive, doesn't it? The hot drink does add a little heat to the body. So if the sweat's not going to assist in evaporation, go for a cold drink. So, find, so based on the findings of the study, in some circumstances, drinking a hot drink such as tea could help somebody cool down during a spell of hot weather. But depending on the weather and the circumstances, it may be better to drink a cold beverage instead. I mean, this is, isn't really telling you anything. I think I'm just going to drink the hot tea and, and have the knotted handkerchief on my head here. I mean, this, this, this article is similar to the very disappointing uh, program on the woolly mammoth being excreated from the ice in, I don't know where it was, the Antarctic. I mean... You watch the whole program and you see the mammoth carefully being removed from the ice. And then, you know, the, the, it's, it's, it's a block of ice with a woolly mammoth inside of it. And that's when the program ends. I want to see what the mammoth's last meal was. Was it beans on toast? Was it fish fingers? I mean, what was a mammoth's last meal? But they stopped it. And this article doesn't give me any information. It stopped at the point where you're getting the answer to the age-old question if tea really does cool you down when, when you're hot. It's left up in the air. 
it's another mystery. There's another mystery of the universe that will have to be solved in another time. I mean, it may take beings of phenomenal more intelligence than us, maybe alien life, to eventually solve the problem and the issue and the question of if tea cools you down when the weather's steaming hot. Oh, cha-cha-cha. So they always say, don't expect the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, but they may need to update that old adage, that old Monty Python sketch, an old adage about the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, maybe update it to, don't expect a flying dildo riding on a drone. Uh, that is probably the update I would say. Nobody expects a flying dildo, but that's exactly what confronted Albuquerque Sheriff Manuel Gonzalez, whose campaign for mayor was dramatically interrupted at an event uh, last week by a large sex toy attached to a drone. The drone hovered towards Gonzalez as he was answering a confrontational question from the member of the audience, but it provoked nervous laughter from the crowd of about 70 people. Gonzalez attempted to answer uh, and continued muddling for his answer as a woman in the audience said, is that a dong on the drone? Uh, sure enough, indeed it was. You can look it up online. The offending object was then snatched from the air by a man identified in the press as the owner of the establishment hosting the event, Revel Entertainment Center. The incident occurred uh, and resulted in criminal charges for Kaylin Ashby-Dreyer, who reportedly been accused of punching Gonzalez on his hands during a brief scuffle at the foot of the stage after the flying dildo was grounded and Dreyer tried to retrieve it. Dreyer had then charged with a petty mis misdemeanor battery, I mean, battery operated, maybe, misdemeanor resulting in evading obstructing an uh, officer. Um, Gonzalez's campaign issued a defiant statement saying the candidate was unhurt and blaming the whole thing, uh, which was captured in the video uh, on the on the young lady. I don't want to be intimidated by a flying dong, uh, the dong drone, basically. Uh, by now, many people have seen the video. Uh, Manny was interrupted by the drone with an adult toy attached to it. Uh, no question it was disruptive, rude, and very immature. We denounced demeaning antics and urge residents to participate in the political process in a respectful manner. Well, you know, here's the thing. Here's a couple of things about the Dong drone. Now, firstly, if this was a pretty sizable object on the on the front of the drone, I mean, would that would that cause the drone to unnecessarily nosedive or dong dive through the air? Um, because you know, some of these objects hazarding a guess here uh i can need a little sip of tea here just to cleanse the palate excuse a second here it's just excuse just excuse me <sighs> yeah that's very nice so back to the dong drone so if it was if it was like top heavy or nose heavy i mean that thing's going to go plummeting if you ever made a paper airplane and you put a weight on the end of the nose almost like a concorde then it comes diving to the earth. It's the same with the Dong drone. I mean, it was like a Dong drone Concorde with a with a huge phallic weight attached to the top of it. So I imagine that may have been the reason it nosedive. But another thing, I mean, the gentleman who snatched it out of the air, I mean, that's like trying to handle a slippery eel, I would say. I mean, that thing's probably uh, oiled up, greased up, uh, you know, like an Italian gangster's hair. 
I mean, that's trying to capture a slippery snake or slippery eel through the air. That thing's probably so, so slippery. I mean, uh, it, it could become a, a parlor game or a circus game where you have to snatch the dong drone out of the air and, uh, you know, maintain some semblance of uh, organization, not tumbling to the floor. But that thing's going to slip out of your hands. So the most impressive gentleman in this whole thing, the person who really does win the gold star, maybe should get the sheriff's star, is the uh, is the person who snatched the drone out of the air and uh, managed to hold on to that uh, slippery little weasel. You know? So there we go. Um, I mean, you had Breaking Bad first. And I, and I hazard a guess... This could be its very own TV show. I mean, I think this is this is the way forward, where we can have uh, flying dong drones uh, in Albuquerque. Uh, maybe every, every member of the audience slightly drug induced, and all of them trying to snatch these slippery little objects out of the air, or bigger objects, and. Uh, and seeing the chaos that ensues. Oh, the dong drone. Those magnificent men in the flying drone machine. They go up, diddly diddly up. And they go down, diddly down, 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 down. So one of the, um, <laughs> one of the things I saw, and, and again, it's subliminal messaging from the AILs. It's a social dilemma, that Netflix show, that really uh, compounds the issue of us being watched constantly by artificial intelligence and those robots so i saw probably the best snack that i've ever seen advertised to me i mean and aesthetically you know you need to your eye has to catch it and this really looked like um goldfinger's fort knox from uh, from the bomb movie goldfinger it was so gold it was so luscious it was basically a snack that the AI elves were trying to pull my attention to. And they did. They succeeded in their, in their challenge. It's not a particularly big challenge. You, you know, put a bar of milk chocolate uh, with a, a cute seal on it, and I'm probably going to buy it. Or, you know, or some, some endangered animal. I mean, that's one of the best marketing campaigns ever. Uh, money going towards endangered species with chocolate bars brilliant marketing campaign i think you know polar bear with uh with some milk chocolate in, in the middle of white chocolate or something absolutely delicious but this particular snack was spain's fried egg and sea salt chips now you know sometimes you know you you, you feel like you know, an egg in the morning, pretty quick to make scrambled eggs or a poached egg or fried egg or something like that. Um, but not so quick to make the potatoes. I do like it. I do like a fried potato, breakfast potatoes um, in the morning. And I do really enjoy those. But, you know, adding, adding a fried egg and, you know, a dash, a, a frisson of sea salt to the snack is marvelous idea. So you've got breakfast in a bag, basically. You've got your potatoes. You've got your fried egg. I mean, what what else could you add to it? I might add a little dash of Houses of Parliament sauce to the mix there. 
to add to to elevate the snack to probably um i would say jeff bezos levels of uh of um you know space exploration that's the heights you're going out of the atmosphere and probably um going into a wormhole to find a snack this good that's that's how i feel about this uh sea salt fried egg potato chip potato crisp snack i mean it looks absolutely wonderful my my my, my mouth's salivating now and i haven't had anything to uh nothing have passed these lips since last night and it's making me very very hungry and maybe you know a little dash of that piquancy of the hp sauce on top of it would uh would be a true wondrous start to the day welcome along to dump the bun anyway so trumpet trombone we take some of the uh goddamn awful headlines of the week and we equate it to a trump or a very vociferous trombone so the first up the queen could get your dog after your die if your state is declared uh bona vancia bona vancia if you're an animal lover you might uh thought about how you can provide for your pet once you've gone maybe even if it's possible to leave everything to your dog you might have heard of the wealthy mogul's wife who left all her riches to the cat uh, but these are stories from overseas and in the uk the legal stance on leaving money to your animal is very different so what is the rule in the uk can we pet pampering brits leave everything or indeed anything behind to our animals the short answer is no as they cannot inherit assets from you as they're classified as so pets are treated as one of your chattels chattels are described as something that belongs to you that you can pick up and walk away with such as tv jewelry etc uh, or car i mean that's a chattel uh, basically so in legal terms as cat or dog or tortoise is a chattel and not a legal person in the same way as you can't leave money uh, to your xbox or your favorite beer fridge or anything along those lines uh, so pets falling under chattel category aside people are bound to have a more deep and meaningful pet uh, bond than with a fridge uh, unfortunately if a will fails to mention existing pets or if there is no will at all then the pet will be dealt with in the same manner as your fridge chattel or your pots and pans chattel uh, it's also important to note there's no guarantee nor obligation for the beneficiaries to look after your pet and no financial provision should a beneficiary accept a pet into their care. Uh, but um, if you die and with no family surviving, no will, your estate will be declared bona vancia and all of your estate, including your pets, will go to Her Majesty the Queen. I think the queen would send my dogs to the tower if she got them in my you know if i had no will and last will and testament but the question is if they were sent to the tower and allowed one last drink would they have to drink their tea with the pooch pinky in the air scientists at nasa have found evidence that organic salts might exist on mars and therefore some form of life may have existed there too at the end of May, researchers announced their findings of the salts, which have come to either as a result of geological processes or remnants of ancient 
microbial life. Essentially, the organic salts are chemical remnants of organic compounds which contain carbon, which should known life is based on. NASA have found organics before, but the discovery of these organic salts have provided new clues about the red planet's habitability. I wonder if Martian protein powder is an option too, maybe as valuable as moon dust. I might have to get on my reinforced space hopper and hop right on it. And the four-legged friends of celebrities and their wealthy enjoy a life of leisure with their owners, but continue living the high life long after their humans is gone, as we talked about earlier. The richest cat in the world is reportedly a black cat named Blackie, who came into millions when his owner left him a fortune. And did you know there was a dog so rich he was able to buy Madonna's mansion? In some cases, the wealth of the important people have been left not to their children, partners or family members, but... In, uh, instead to their pets but you have to be specific about saying it has to go to Fido or George or Maggie or whoever it is so Bubbles one of the most notorious pets of all time Bubbles was the chimpanzee companion of Michael Jackson Jackson acquired him from the Texas research facility in the 1980s and took Bubbles on a number of foreign tours and even uh, had him drink tea with the mayor of Osaka long before his passing Jackson arranged for 2 million about 1.4 million pounds to be left indeed to the chimp i mean i wish bubbles would throw that 1.4 million at me rather than his chimp crap so we have more education etiquette so today calling card etiquette a proper victorian woman would leave calling cards with her friends when she planned a visit she typically wouldn't struggle to get out of the carriage to drop them off herself, however. If you arrived in town for an extended visit, it was customary to go around leaving your calling cards. This was a way to announce your presence and arrange visits to keep up old acquaintances. It's almost like a uh, you know, predated text message, I suppose, with a read receipt. Uh, the receiver customarily returned the favor in the form of a card or visit within a week. Intimate friends could call right away without calling for a card. One would customarily leave cards for a household during certain events such as illness or engagements to express condolences or congratulations. A very fine lady would go around in her carriage with a footman who brought the cards into the house and he would bring many. One married woman calling another would bring a card with her name and two with her husband's name for both the mistress and the master. In addition to cards for married daughters or guests to the household, the names of the visitors and married daughters would also be written on the mother's cards. Fans of Jane Austen and Charles Dickens would recall how aspiring upper-class citizens would sometimes pretentiously disappear and display uh, on their mantle cards from high-ranking acquaintances who came to call. So as a follow-up to our education and etiquette, uh, there was an advice on marriage to young ladies during Victorian age. Number one, do not marry at all. Number two, if you must avoid the beauty, uh, men flirts and the bounders, tailors dummies and football enthusiasts. Number three, look for a strong tame man, a firelighter, coal getter, window cleaner and yard sweller. Number four, don't expect too much. Most men are lazy, selfish, thoughtless, lying, drunken, clumsy, heavy-footed, rough and manly brutes and need taming indeed. Number five, all bachelors are, and many are, worse still. If you want him to be happy, feed the brute. Number seven, the same remark applies to dogs. And number eight, you'll be wiser 
Not to chance it, it isn't worth the risk. A suffragette wife. Okay, so it's a big sort of G7 summit in the UK in Cornwall at the moment, where basically it takes uh, 20 hours to get to the uh, tip of Cornwall on one road. So I don't know whose brilliant idea it was to have a summit in the, probably one of the hardest places to get. One of the most beautiful places to get to, I have to add. Uh, but anyway, so Biden and Johnson, uh, Boris and Joe meeting for the first time looked a little bit awkward, uh, especially after the Northern Ireland thing that Biden said. But here, I'm wondering if Biden could lend Boris a pair of his aviators. But I think those aviators pushed back on the head could keep Boris's hair out of his eyes. I think it could be maybe a more manly uh, type of uh, hairpiece or hairband or Alice band to keep that uh, that floppy blonde mop out of his eyes. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast today. I will be back tomorrow. Um, I uh, made me some matchsticks on my eyes because I feel I have to get up before the uh, mercury rises in the butler's nook but it becomes a little bit clammy a little foisty here in the butler's nook um and uh you know i certainly don't want to become the dumb waiter by the end of the show don't want that certainly not so this has been a podcast uh like and subscribe on all of the platforms love the comments love the interactions on instagram putting a lot of old british comedy up there as well And I think the millennials are sort of enjoying it. They're thinking, what's this weird, slightly innuendo-driven comedy that uh, Chappie's trying to introduce us to? Uh, But that um, that is the essence of the British comedy. It's, you know, little slapstick and indeed very naughty. Across all platforms, if you like to, uh, you know, get the baby to sleep, with some sort of gentle, soothing, lullaby-type dulcet tones, then uh, the audio versions are probably where you need to go. If you like something to dance around to, a lot of summer tracks, bit of rock and roll, lots of soul, lots of funk, lots of feel-good, then the musical emporium on Spotify, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, is where you need to go to listen to some good music. I mean, this week, here, you know, it's all written down, it's all scripted there, people. Uh, we have some typically tropical. We have some Prince. Uh, we have uh, some David Bowie. We have some Go West, some Madonna. Uh, it's really, if you, if you want a jukebox that's going to be a pleasure dome for your ears, then the Musical Emporium is where you need to go. Uh, and you can listen to that on Spotify. Everywhere else, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, tune in um, all of the platforms uh, I, I think if you if you if you if you're near the sea and you hear the rushes blowing you might just hear hello this is chappy this is keep calm and cauliflower cheese blowing as the we you know as the sea grass blows gently oscillating in the wind you can hear the keep calm and cauliflower cheese podcast but that's where we have it and now we have a little poem to end with Cornish Cliffs by John Betjeman. Those moments tasted once and never done of long surfing breaking the midday sun, a far-off blowhole booming like a gun, the seagulls plain and circle out of sight, below this thirsty, thrift-encrusted height, the vain sea champion 
buds burst into white. And gorse turns tawny orange, seen beside pale drifts of primroses, cascading wide to where the slate falls sheer into the tide. More than in garden Surrey, nature spills a wealth of healthier kidney vetch and squills across these long defended Cornish hills. A gun placement on the latest wall looks older than the hill fort built before Saxon or Normans headed for the shore. And in the shadowless unclouded glare, deep blue above us fades to whiteness where a misty sea line meets the wash of air. Nut smell of gorse and honey smell of ling waft out to the sea the freshness of the spring on sunny shallows green and whispering the wilderness which the lark song gives the sky shrinks the clang of seabirds sailing by whose notes are turned to days when the seas are high from today's calm the lanes enclosing green leads inland to an unusual cornish scene slate cottages with sycamore between small fields and telemasts and wires and poles with as the everlasting ocean rolls two chapels built for half a hundred souls thank you for listening to the podcast gosh that makes me want to be by the seaside today dipping my uh, dipping my feet into some wet sand and maybe having a nice quick gin and tonic anyway whatever you're doing have a lovely day i will join you again tomorrow chappy out cheerio for now